Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. On this episode of Missing the Point, we preview the 2021 NFL Draft. With the first two picks mostly set in stone, we'll try and figure out the best fit for each team and give you some interesting scenarios that might take place Thursday night. This is Missing the Point, episode 56. But it's all relative. Welcome into Missing the Point. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo, and today we are talking about the 2021 NFL Draft. And to do that, I'm joined by Broadway Joe Malkin, the real BK Bob Kelly, and the Hollywood Wale Rayshon Buchanan. Fellas, lots to talk about today. Don't really care how you're doing. Before we go through the list of people that are drafting what we think is going to happen, something that we were talking about in the pre-show, there's already a biggest loser of the night. It's the Houston Texans. How awful are their prospects recently? Bobby, I'll let, you, I'll, let you, I'll let you start it off. Yeah, no, I was just going through stuff. And this team, we've talked about this almost like, I think, three NFL shows in a row, how far this team has truly fallen. And I just want everyone out there to know that possibly the worst talented team in the NFL does not have a draft pick for the first two rounds of the NFL draft. That is just, it's atrocious how far they've let this team actually fall from AFC champions or close to AFC champions two years ago, one quarter away to just an atrocity of an NFL franchise. But yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's, I mean, six, 64 picks that they don't have a pick. And we were talking too about the Patriots and why they don't have a third round pick. And that's due to some other issues that are actually tied to some of those guys that were in Houston that made two horrendous trades, one of which was DeAndre Hopkins. And then, of course, the the general manager gets fired. The head coach gets fired. They can't get anybody to coach that team. They have to go get Nick Casario. They have a terrible owner. And now they have no picks in the first 64 picks of the draft. And it's for an offensive lineman. It was for Laramie Tunzel. Yeah, Tunzel. Which we can talk about it when we get there, Mike, but big market tease. There is a team in the AFC East who has – basically robbed everybody and is going to compete with the other two teams that should be at the top of that division, probably within the next two years. Before we dive into it, Ray, how hard do you think a team would have to try to replicate the dumpster fire that has been Houston over the past two years? 
I mean, you literally have to trade like every pick and then trade the <laughs> best players, probably. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's amazing to me. And like JJ Watt put it together perfectly before he left. You know, there was um there was a clip with him walking out the field with Deshaun Watson and it was saying, you know, man, you know, I'm sorry, brother, you know, we wasted a year. And you know, I'm like, well, you know, JJ, you know, you wasted a few too, because you were always on the sideline like me on the couch chilling. So, you know, hey, you know, best of luck to you in Arizona. But yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Casario, you know, have a day, have a year, have a month. I don't know, crying the car, crying the corner. I don't know, but it's going to be outside of the, like I always say, outside of the adult entertainment, I don't know what Houston is going to be offering. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary hours out there for, for I mean, Texans. it was it was probably a really stressful year for Deshaun Watson. I'm sure he slid into a couple DMs to get that rubbed out. Now, if we want to go through the, the draft. I had to. Had I, I wow. Think, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I think. Jesus. You know, we all have a we all have a general consensus of the first couple of picks, right? You know that we know that Trevor Lawrence is probably going number one. Yeah, he is. However, in the spirit of content, I want to pose a question. I'm going to do this every couple of picks. Now, there are people from the four letter network that have drawn up conspiracy theories about trades that could happen, just for the sake of argument. I'm going to throw this out there. If you guys hate it, we'll, we won't spend time on it. And Craig will cut it and post. But number one, Jacksonville Jaguars trade their number one overall pick to the Los Angeles Chargers. They receive Justin Herbert, safety Derwin James, and the 13th overall pick. And the Chargers get one and number 65. Do you do it? Uh, I don't think you do it if you're them. Because Herbert, to me, is already proven. You know what I mean? You know what you're getting with Herbert because he was electric last year. Derwin James, even though he's injured a lot, is one of the best safeties in the NFL. So I just don't – it's not worth the risk to me if you're, if you're L.A. on that. And Jacksonville, I mean, if you trade away this pick and he ends up being Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be – sorry, DK – the Chicago Bears forever. You can't do that. You know what I mean? You just can't. Joe, is there any other offer out there that you would even entertain this for if you were Jacksonville? Yes. Not not Mahomes. Right. Well, that, that's what I mean. I mean, it would <laughs> have to be something like that. I mean, I'm with Bobby on this one. You have a defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley who's going to be your first-year head coach. You have a Justin Herbert who's going to be in his second year and was basically given – basically said he was going to be the starting quarterback when Tyrod Taylor left for Houston, right? So he's the guy in L.A., or at least on that side of uh, the, the locker room within the stadium in Inglewood there. But I think it would be more silly for L.A. to make that trade than it would for Jacksonville. But also, Jacksonville has to look at it this way. They just went out and hired Urban Meyer, who, love him or hate him, is one of the best college coaches of our generation. And he likes the style of quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is. I think he fits an Urban Meyer system better than Justin Herbert does, which means Justin Herbert is going to stay in L.A. and work that Chargers offense, and I think that's where he needs to be. And they're going to have to surround him with younger guys. Ray, I saw you nodding. Like, What do you think? Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I would definitely entertain that. Are you kidding me? To get sunshine over to California? Hell yeah. What are we talking about? I would definitely look to do that. And I get the 13th pick. It's not like I'm getting like the 
the 31st. Like I'm getting the 13th pick, so I, there's still going to be a receiver on the board that I could pair with Herbert down there. Listen, uh, Herbert definitely have legs. I don't know if we watched his highlights. I'm, I'm sure we have, obviously, because we, we watched Yeah, he's some- fast. He's, he's, he's pretty quick. He, he knows how to run. He definitely has an arm. And, I mean, outside of Hunter Henry, like, who were they playing with out there in San Diego? Because, like, Keenan Allen, like, he, he's more up and down. You know, and there's no weapons there. So, yeah, if I'm L.A., and I'm um, Justin Herbert. They bring it up to my agent saying like, hey, you know, we have this deal in place to maybe get the one number one pick. And, you know, we'll trade Justin over to, to Jacksonville. Hell yeah. Duval County. Here I come. Atlantic mm. Ave. Here I come. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd have been to LAX immediately. I'd, I'd rather be on the team that moves from San Diego to L.A. than from Jacksonville, Jacksonville to London. Uh, facts. Facts. <laughs> good point. Yeah, that's true. Heard it got good food in London, but I mean, I, I, but other than that, yeah, I wouldn't it's, want to. Keep it's all Americanized, right? You you just get it here anyway. Let's be honest. When the commissioner walks up to the podium yeah. on Thursday night, Trevor Lawrence's name is going to be what's pulled out. Yep, I agree. I think we all agree. The general consensus is Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, but, you, but you asked for these these picks that we think are very. You know, very rock solid. It's good to just to talk a little bit about what could could be. Facts, facts. Number two, the New York Jets. We all know that they need a quarterback, right? Because they just got rid of Sam Darnold. We all know. Are we all in agreement that it's Zach Wilson? At this point, I think it is with the amount of movement they've had. I'll let you dive in deeper before I go because I I have a lot to say about this pick. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I, I think this pick is going to be Zach Wilson and... I, I do have another little, just a tidbit again, because we thought that this was a rock solid pick. So I'm going to take the temperature of the room, and then Joe, I'm going to I'm going to offer the, the possible trade in a world where this could happen, and then you can say yes or no, and then go into what you think about the, the overall Zach Wilson pick. Is that fair? Sure. Cool. With the number two pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets have traded with the Seattle Seahawks and have acquired Russell Wilson. The Seahawks get the number two pick. The number 23 pick, the number 107 pick, and the 20, uh, 2022 first round pick, whichever is better between the New York Jets and Seattle. Yay or nay? This is where the New York Jets would be the New York Jets if they <laughs> ever entertained this. That is way too much to give up for Russell Wilson. You have the opportunity to draft a 22-year-old Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Justin Fields, whoever they're going to go with, and I'll get to that after this, but... That is way too much to give up for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's great. I love Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is a a top seven quarterback of the last 10 years. I think he's been phenomenal. I know there's a rift there between him and Pete. I think we could see him and another NFC quarterback on the move before the start of the season. And we can get there when we get there. There's the big market tease again. What's interesting to me about this second pick, Mike, and it's going to be the New York Jets that that the commissioner calls when he walks out onto up to the podium. But what's really interesting to me is how this went from Justin Fields to Zach Wilson so quickly. And Bobby brought this up, and then I went and looked at it, and I, I thought about what made sense for the New York Jets, right? They just traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, which is going to come into a trade possibility that's, that, that is also going to come up here later in this conversation. And with Robert Salah as the head coach, a defensive guy coming from San Francisco, 
He's going to have, he has a lot to work with in New York. Like he's basically been given the keys to the car and that's good because I think he's going to be a very good head coach in the NFL. What I really like is that the the offensive coordinator there is Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And I think Zach Wilson fits his style of offense. He was also, he was also the quarterback coach in San Francisco. So now coming in as the uh, offensive coordinator, Zach Wilson is the better fit for the New York Jets than Justin Fields, and I don't think either one of those first two picks are going to be traded. Yeah, Joe, you really hit the nail on the head, bro. And Mike, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you're going to say, or close to it, because that's exactly right. When it comes to, you look at that San Francisco offense and the type of quarterback they like, it's the Jimmy G, the guy who isn't going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose it for you. The guy who, when you do need him to win you the game, he can't. But it's not always going to be the case. And that's exactly who Zach Wilson is. This guy is fundamentally sound. He can come in day one and not lose you football games, which is, I think, what the route they're going is. He's started day one. And I think that is just the right pick. You know, it's the lowest floor of all those potential quarterbacks is Zach Wilson. Like, you know what you're getting out of him. And if you surround him with the right weapons, he's going to be able to succeed. And and they have, right? right? What do they have, though? Yeah. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. They did sign Corey. Well, he's been kind of a bust, but I think that's where you see them go later is they're going to really go heavy on offense and and they need to protect him. That's the thing that they didn't do with Sam Donald is they didn't protect him and they didn't give him weapons. But I I see, I just see Salah as different though. Um, Common denominator there. Let me just jump in there because Matt Gase isn't the head coach anymore. And and I I think that's going to be the biggest difference is that Mike LaFleur is going to be a better quarterback whisperer at Adam Gates. What did I say? Matt so you you Adam hate Gase. Adam so much you called him Matt. I, I hate Adam so much I just called him a different name. Ray, I, I got to throw in there. This is the first time I've, and, and, as an AFC fan of an AFC East team, this is the first time I've actually looked at the New York Jets and said, all right, there's going to be some competition in the AFC East because Buffalo is already good. Miami is on their way. And as long as New England has Bill Belichick, they're going to be fine. But it's new, new. Looking at that New York team, they're not going to be able to surround him immediately. Now they, they've started to, right? But they're not going to be a playoff team in 2021, and they know that. I think the coaching staff knows that. I think the quarterback, when he gets drafted, is going to know that. And they're not going to try and shoot for the moon in 2021. And I think that's realistic. And I think that's why. Yeah, they don't have anybody, but they don't need anybody yet. That that's they're going to build it around. Them. Well, I mean, shout out to Robert Saylor. Like, I don't see him as that type of guy to mail it in. That's not. His I'm not mentality. saying he's gonna. Ma- I'm not saying he's gonna mail it in. But he's no, not you, gonna be able oh, to you're build- just saying like the, the talent warrants them to like not be that good. Yeah, got you. Right. Well, yeah. I, to me, I feel like he's gonna coast them to like maybe six or seven wins. I can see to easily see them going seven to ten. That'd easily. be great. That's that's easily. awesome. Yeah. You know, so I, I think. Up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna joke and say like, what do you mean? Of course you're great, Russell Wilson. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, you know, <laughs> you know me. I'm, I'm always about the veteran. Like, I'm, I'm, I get the young guys. But I'm always the veteran. The guy is proven. And once again, he's 32, not 42. But as we see, there's still guys that's in their 40s that still can play well. So Russell Wilson's a proven commodity. He'd be great in the Jets. Would be great playing for Robert Sella, in, in my opinion. But like I said, that's not going to to happen. It's and like too I said, much I. To give I up. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say like I agree with you. Like that's that's it is, it is way too much. Even though we don't know what those picks are gonna turn into, but it's like you have to continue to build this team, right? And I can really see this being. Like I said if they do end up drafting Zach Wilson, I just feel like this could be a better situation. 
uh, for them, like how it was when Mark Sanchez got there, right? Yeah. And, you know, Rex Ryan came in there. And like I said, they went on a, on a nice little run there for, you know, two or three years. So um, I could easily see that because the defense is going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if, if you can't play, you know, so they will not be coughing up on defense. Uh, <laughs> like Bobby. Defense right there. So it's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. So, okay. If they're, they can't mortgage their future, and they're no matter what the Jets do, they're still going to be over over sucked by the Houston Texans. So I think going with Zach Wilson is a good pick. I mean, that BYU offense is a pro style offense. Yep. Uh, he's 6'2, 214. He's not undersized, but he's not Tom Brady either. And, and he plays a good game. I mean, he plays a very good game and he's smart. And I don't think he's as much of a project as a couple other quarterbacks we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that that brings us to to the third overall pick, which in reality, right, this the entire draft hinges on the decision that happens on this pick, right? Because we've been hearing so much about the rise of Mac Jones, kind of the fall of Justin Fields. And you know, maybe like maybe Jimmy is their guy, and they put a, and they put a, another weapon around him. So I'll, I'll open it with Ray first. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. W- what's their biggest need, and what do you think they do? I mean, the biggest need is still quarterback, right? I mean, especially if you're saying that Jimmy G is not someone who's going to be healthy or part of the future. Listen, they're going to say all the the rhetoric they want in front of the camera. That's what they do, right? You have to save face. But they, clear, clearly, Kyle Shanahan is looking to move on. Clearly, John Lynch is looking to move on. Clearly, John Lynch is seeing Jimmy G like Brad Johnson. It's like, okay, yeah, great. We got to a Super Bowl. Well, they won with Brad Johnson, but you know, <laughs> that's a casual name drop for you there. If you don't remember who that was, but you know, <laughs> he, uh, excuse me, you know, I, I think they feel, I feel like they've gotten as far as they can with him. That's how they feel, I should say. So if that's the case, then you do go Mac Jones is number three. And, you know, I I actually believe that if Mac Jones gets drafted by San Francisco, you're looking at the rookie of the year. Why though? Like, I don't understand. And I'm saying, and, and, that, and I'm saying, and that offense, you're looking at rookie of the year. Yeah. Cause he, 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 he is exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. He's literally, he, he he's Kirk Cousins. He, he's a souped up Kirk Cousins. That's exactly what he is. Exactly okay. what he is. Well, all right, so let's spend a little time here. Aside from Kittle, who does that offense have that will make Mac Jones the, the, the rookie of the year? The run game, man. That's all it is. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, the run, it, it, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. But it, it'll be enough to offset what the, offset the mistake. He's not gonna he's not gonna make the mistakes. He's he's definitely accurate. That that's for damn sure. He's accurate. He's yep. gonna throw, you know, at least sixty five, maybe seventy percent of his passes. Is gonna complete that. And like I said, you know, any Shanahan team runs the ball. That's zone off right, left, you know, and they, they'll figure it out. You know. It, and you forgot about my guy Debo. Let, let's not be disrespectful. Debo Samuel is a problem too. Yeah. So just, just saying. Good. I mean, Bobby, you you were going to jump in there, but but isn't it fair to say that anyone like any real quarterback in the SEC would have been a sixty-five to seventy percent completion percentage? No, if, if that wasn't had, the case. If they had Waddle and Demonte Smith to throw to. No, I mean, listen to, to put up stats of forty-five hundred yards, forty-one touchdowns, and four interceptions. You got to be a dog, bro. Not not anyone can put up those numbers. You know what I mean? Like, listen, we're not talking about A.J. McCarron. You know what I mean? This guy is on a different level of Alabama quarterback. You look at his accuracy, the way he throws the ball downfield, and, and he's so good in the pocket. That's the one thing that I keep seeing people compare him to some of the greats. Brady is his pocket. His uh, Brady. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's I didn't want to say it, but that's what people are comparing the, that pocket presence that he has. Like it's, it's when you watch slide. his tape and you see it, it's that yeah. that slide forward, yep. man. He's got it. And in San Francisco, with a good offensive line and a good run game, 
he can really succeed, man. He really can. And fast, fast. There was a story that came out, and I, I'm trying to remember where, where I heard it from, but basically he was just throwing bombs in in their practice. And Nick Saban basically told him, hey, you know, don't, you know, you know, stop throwing, you know, stop throwing these type of touchdowns, whatever, during the practice. And he basically was like, you know, tell your defense to play. Like, I, I like that type of attitude. I'm yep. here for it. I'm here for it. So oh. that, to me, is a guy that I want on my team. Yeah, he may have the dad bod as, you know, my guy DJ Bean has been talking about on BST tonight, but it's just like, hey, dad bod or not, he, he can throw it. And like I said, if he goes to San Francisco, you're looking at the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Like, it's not even close. Tommy was doughy when he came out, too, and that's okay. Nice. It's okay to be doughy. So, Mike, you say who does he have to throw to? Who do, What kind of offense does that have? Are, it, it, isn't anybody going to be good with those two receivers in Alabama? Historically, SEC quarterbacks suck. In the NFL, with, with the exception of a few, of course, Peyton Manning and, you know, hopefully a Max Jones, but SEC quarterbacks are typically not NFL quarterbacks. I think this guy is different. Do I think he wins as much or plays as well without guys like that? No, but that's going to be on any team. But Bobby and Ray just hit it on the head with the run game. I mean, Raheem Mostert in your backfield. Jeff Wilson Jr. played well. Wayne Gallman's there this year. You have Debo Samuel. Brandon, George Kittle is one of the top three tight ends in the league. I mean, Ayuk's a problem, too. Ayuk is a problem. And then Bobby said it. I mean, your front five is Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey. I mean, that's a hell of an offensive line. And then if you, and then Ray just pointed it out, if you go to the other side of the ball, you have one of the best defenses in the league when they're healthy. And that's what we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like when Jimmy's healthy, he wins. That's what Mike and Mike, yeah. you and I have been saying to, to Bobby for a long time. And that's part and parcel to the fact that Kyle Shanahan, much like his dad, does not need a top tier quarterback to win. We're not gonna we're not gonna know who Mac Jones is for a while because John yeah. Elway wasn't John Elway immediately either, right? They yeah, had to they sur- much like Troy Aikman, they surrounded John Elway with a really good running back and a very good number one receiver and yeah. a very good tight end. So yeah. when when they did that, they won bringing it back full circle. Mac Jones is stepping into an offense that has a very good running back, two very good wide receivers and a top tier tight end. So hmm. this is now, where Mike, you know, <laughs> this is where Mike, it opens up the entire draft because no matter what they do at three, it's going to change because they're going to do more that has nothing to do with their draft. Pick. Right. Yeah. So uh, one last question that I had before we move on to, to number four is what happened? Because I thought that Justin Fields was the clear cut number three. And I thought Mac Jones, like we were talking back in, in, in January, even this uh, early as February, Mac Jones could fall to the Patriots. W- what have they seen that I'm missing? Because I think if you just compare the two, I would rather build a team around in, in today's current NFL, Justin Fields than Mac Jones. He's more raw. Justin yeah. Fields is more raw than Mac Jones. I mean, I think it's possible. That's when you look at the type of athlete that the guy is, right? Like, like look at the three guys we just talked about up at the top and then add Justin Fields into it. Trevor Lawrence is a complete quarterback, right? He's smart. He can throw. He can move if he needs to. And he's got a great attitude towards the game. Okay. Then you have a pro style quarterback in Zach Wilson that is 
also intelligent and can throw the hell out of the ball. And he's going to game manage for you. And I think Mac Jones is a very similar quarterback to that, where, as Ray said, he's going to make those short to intermediate throws and doesn't need to throw the long ball. No, that offense where Justin Fields is coming out of a style of offense that is not it's very college. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily pro style. Ohio State, right? Like that. that, that yeah. that's there. It's lots of motion offense. Lots of motion. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. it's such a Big Ten style. So right, exactly. the thing is, it just came down to the style. When that trade was made, that was the worst possible trade for Justin Fields yeah. because automatically that that put him at a point where he's not getting picked that third pick anymore. Because even if they weren't picking, even if they weren't picking Mac Jones, what I've heard is just Trey Lance. That's the only other guy that they're thinking about. So right. like, it it just was the style of the offense. And also, to be honest. We've seen it year after year. NFL teams are fucking stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the Niners are stupid here. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But like, we'll get to it later. There's a couple guys that are going to drop that. It just makes it makes absolutely it's blasphemy that certain guys drop down the board. But yeah. it's very interesting, real quick, Ray. It's very interesting that everybody, especially in Boston sports media, is talking about how Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are, would not be good poker players. I think they'd be great poker players because I think they're telling us they have a deuce and a seven when they're really sitting there with a king and an ace. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they have so many options here and Miami wasn't going to pick a quarterback. That's what I mean. It it was proven when they moved out of the three spot, they weren't, they're going with two of this year. And that's honestly, that's the smart decision. Let the kid develop. Like don't throw the 40 year old Harvard graduate with the magnificent beard and great legs run your offense. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry. I I think he's (laughs) phenomenal, but they weren't going to draft a guy there because they have to. And Brian Flores, this was a great trade, the first of two, but this was a great trade for them. And I, I think that, San Francisco is smarter than they look, but they're going to get exactly what they want and maybe nothing more, but they're going to get exactly what they want out of this. Right. So just want to want to stick with, you know, because we're talking about just the field. So I think, you know, we had a good back and forth on the college football playoff show that we did way back in, I think, late December, early January. So Show notes. And I, yeah, and the show notes. Put in the show notes, baby. That's right. One of those will show, baby. You know, and I talked about, I said, just the field was more up and down than my weight. That was my exact quote. And I was just like, you know, I like him. I, I, I really do. I, I think he's I think he's a hell of a player. He showed me something, you know, and again, he, you know, cracked his ribs and, you know, he came back and and and, and led them to a few scores. Like, I, I was like, okay, this is, that's toughness that is needed at that position. However, and I still ask the same question that I asked back then. Just name me a, a quarterback from Ohio State that's actually panned out. I'll say it again. I mean, Craig Krenzel. He's a doctor, bro. Yeah, I'm Bobby on the field, on the field, on the field, on the field. So save, save me lives. That's what's up. That's dope. But I'm like, Craig Penzo, nothing. Troy Smith, nothing. Braxton yeah, no. Miller, nothing. There's literally no one. No, there's literally, there's literally, Troy, literally Troy no Smith. One. I'm pretty sure that we, we, we decided that Troy Smith, and he got, Troy he Smith got is the, the most round. successful out of all of them. Out of every single Ohio State quarterback, well, may, may, Troy maybe, Smith maybe, maybe Terrell Pryor, maybe, but. Cause he actually has some. He has some good years. Not as a quarterback, but hold on. Didn't oh god, the Joe Burrow's technically is an Ohio State quarterback. He transferred. Uh, from- uh, stop, yeah. stop it! Stop it! Stop, stop it! Stop Jesus, it. Mike, stop you're it. the host. You're not stop supposed it. to say nonsensical things like that. Just trying to flex hey, a little hey, NCAA. That, that, that's muscle, that's, you know that's I mean? like that's like King who's down in Miami. <laughs> and he goes to the league and starts balling out. Well, you know, he actually was a Houston Cougar. Stop it. Everyone yeah. knows him from him being from the U now that he's over there. That's no. 
Hell no. No. When we interviewed Anthony Treach from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Anthony, just a real a little snippet of what he had to say about Mac Jones, if I can find it. So great decision making, processing speed, uh, a top 10 quarterback. And he said that I think Mac Jones, this is a quote, I think Mac Jones will end up as a top 10 pick. But Devontae Smith, one of his wide receivers who we've mentioned here twice now, as the days get closer to the NFL draft, he thinks that he might slide out of the top 10 and be there at 15. So Anthony Trish called this Mac Jones move up a long, a long time ago. So the number four pick, it, it's Atlanta. I think their needs, it's interesting, right? It, it, it depends on if they decide that they want to move away from Matt Ryan or if they're committed to him for a couple more years and they want to surround him with talent. I personally believe that they want to surround him with talent. I think they're, I think they're going to draft uh, Kyle Pitts, Florida, tight end. He, he fits their system. Great compliment player. Uh, dog, I, I, I started with Ray last time. Bobby, I'll start with you now. Uh, how do you feel about that pick? It, does that address their needs? Yeah. So I, I just don't see, you know, you're in this last hurrah with Atlanta for sure, with Matt Ryan. You're coming down the home stretch with him, Julio. And right now, Kyle Pitts is, is just a no-brainer, man. He's such an athletic freak, and you plug and play him day one, and you all of a sudden have one of the most dangerous offenses in the league again. You know what I mean? You'll have Julio, Ridley. You already have Hayden Hurst, and now you're going to add in Kyle Pitts as well. Listen, Matt Ryan was most successful when he had weapons around him. Worst-case scenario, right? Matt Ryan's not good this year, and you're not great, and all of a sudden you still have Kyle Pitts, and you're back at the top of the draft again next year. You know what I mean? I I, I really see, especially with a new regime, I think they give it one year with Matt Ryan, and then we see Kyle Pitts go off. To, to Joe's point, before he makes it, you have Julio until June first, at least. Well, fair, yeah. Right? Joe, what are the Falcons' needs, and what do you think that they do? Well, let me tell you right here because uh, I'm reading it, and it, it fits the Kyle Pitts mo, right? So it says they need a tight end. Their secondary needs are a lot on defense, cornerback, edge, and then they need a a quarterback, an offensive tackle, a running back. I think a tight end's great, but by by my count right now, and I I could be wrong, so I'm looking it up as we speak, they have one quarterback on the roster, and that's Matt Ryan. So I think what we're going to see here is they are either going to go Kyle Pitts and go with the status quo where everybody's saying that they're going to go, or they're going to say, listen, we have Hayden Hurst. We have the ability to trade Julio Jones, which I think they're going to trade Julio Jones. They have two pretty good wide receivers there already. Julio's 32, bad foot. He, he's kind of on, he's kind of right now, he's the NFL's Albert Pujols with those foot injuries. And, you know, a home run hitter that's on his last leg, no pun intended. They've made some good signings in the offseason. They brought in Mike Adams from Carolina, Cordero Patterson from the Chicago Bears. I mean, he's a versatile player. They are locked into Matt Ryan, which makes me think, well, I understand why. I mean, Matt Ryan isn't a winner, and we know that. I mean, I love Matt Ryan, too, uh, from Pennsylvania, Boston College guy. I get it. I mean, played with Luke Keekley at BC. Like, that was a good Boston College Eagles team, too. And I just, I, I think that they're going to, they're going to surprise people. I don't think they're going to go where we think they're going to go. I think they're going to surprise us and go quarterback. Craig's been saying it. There could be five quarterbacks taken in the top 10. 
I think that I think they go four quarterbacks in a row. I have one thing to add to that, and then I'm going to I'm going to pose my what if theory, and I'll kick it over to Ray. They could accomplish both of those things you just said, though, right? They could take Pitts at four and draft Kyle Trask in the second or third round. They they, they would have that there ready in case Matt Ryan does not succeed. And then they have a tandem that's played together that understands like wh- what the other player is. So if I mean. I don't know if you're listening, Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons uh, management, but that might be the thing to do. But what? So, Ray, before I go over to you, I did this to Joe earlier. I'm going to do it to you now. There is a what if scenario here that involves a team that we all care about with the number four pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Atlanta Falcons have traded with the New England Patriots. Atlanta gets the 15th pick, the 96th pick, uh, pick, the twenty two, the 2022 first-round pick, and cornerback J.C. Jackson. New England gets four, a 22 fourth-round pick, and cornerback Isaiah Oliver and selects either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Do you do it? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I, I like Trey Lance anyway. Those that have talked to me outside the show, like I have been on Trey Lance's bandwagon the last couple of years. So I, I love his game. I think that he'd be awesome here. Awesome anywhere, but I believe that he'd be great here. But at, at the end of the day, like I, I think Atlanta actually stands, they stand pat, <laughs> no pun intended, and, and they don't do what I just said. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they draft a quarterback. And my thing is, th- this is the thing, right? I'm not sure Atlanta can have fields on the board and then trade him and not draft him. Not sorry, not trade him, sorry. And not draft him at four if he's there. Like the, the pressure would be insane, right? Like I said, I had a friend of mine who lives down there who told me that like, it's, it's there's no way he, he could be there at four and they, they not take him. Like they, they should take him if he's there yeah, at four. But I mean, again, with that Trask and Pitt scenarios, that's in play. That is really in play. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't, if you, I mean, Trask isn't a first round pick. He's not, he fits the mold in the sense that he would be a good backup for Matt Ryan to learn the game. And then they have a guy like Kyle Pitts, who they're going to be paying a tight end a lot of money, but I think Kyle Pitts is worth it. I've always been high on tight ends. I'm still upset with the Patriots for not getting Cole Komet last year. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Ray, but I'm kind of not with Ray. I think Trey Lance would be great here. I think Trey Lance would fit in a lot of offenses that we don't realize that he would, but I don't think he needs to be taken fourth. I was, yeah, I was going to say if that ends up being not the if that ends up being pick, that's a trade back, right? Don't you think? What do you, in what way? So, so if they end up picking Trey Lance, I don't think they do it here. If that's what they decide they want to do, I think they trade that pick back, and when they're picking. Trey Lance in the later 10, 11, 12, right around that area. Which is why they've kind of slotted New England into this scenario, right? Which is kind right. of, of the scenarios we've heard Mike spew at us from this uh, four-letter uh, network yep. article. This is the one that actually makes the most sense of mm-hmm. the first four. I mean, it re- it's the only one that makes any sense of the first four. But I don't know. Atlanta needs a lot. I mean, that division down there. Yeah, the Saints may not be as good without Drew Brees. We'll see what they can do. I think Carolina's definitely in a rebuild. I think Matt Rule has that franchise going in the right direction. But you're still playing against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And if you want to compete, 
You need to go out and get something. You need to not flounder at four and get something to compete in that division. And even just knock Tom Brady off once and try and beat him at your place or something. Because there's going to be fans in the stands and that that place in Atlanta is nuts. And they love that team. Uh, They love their soccer team probably more than they love their football team. But I don't know. The more I think about it, Mike, they got to go pits at four. They have to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that they, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that they can get Trask. And I think they're going to, I think what they'll do is a combination of what we're talking about. I think they take pits at four. And then with what Bobby said, try and trade back in either. It doesn't even have to be the first round. I think you can get them in the second round, but try and trade up in the second round to, to go and get them. And I don't think Julio warrants a second round pick anymore. I think Julio is going to get you no better than a fourth. Whoa. May, maybe a fifth. I, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, the salary he, though, right? Yeah. If, if he's healthy, he can get you a fourth, right? Yeah. If he's not healthy, he's only going to get you a fifth. I feel like that's low. I, I feel like it's a third and a fourth. He's 32. Yeah, like he's 32 and he's banged up. He's 32 and he's banged up. With so, the foot injury, right? Right. With yeah. the, the, the Albert Pujols foot injury. Yeah. So I think that what they can do is they can take pits and they can trade up. I don't think that, again, Julio warrants a second round pick, but I think if they package something with Julio, they can get a second round pick. I tell you what, if Atlanta walks out of this draft with pits and Trask at the end, that's a winner. Like that is a sneaky winner because you've brought two people that, that have familiarity with each other and you've really solidified yourself. I, I mean, Theoretically, for the next five or six years. Number five, the Bengals. They have tons of talent on that team. They just need to protect the Tiger King. So I think, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, so please somebody go ahead and say it before me. It's the offensive Penny, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. He's the only thing that makes sense. But I do think – you have to wonder, knowing you know Burrow's history with Jamar Chase, do they do that or do they do the, the smart thing and they, do they protect him? Joe, go ahead. So it's so interesting when you look at this, right, because the, their biggest needs are at wide receiver and offensive tackle. And right. we all saw the, the terrible injury of Joe Burrow. And I honestly, truly believe that there is not anyone in America that watches college or NFL football that realistically wanted to see Joe Burrow fail. And if you are that person, you're an asshole. I think Joe Burrow is great for the city of Cincinnati. He's a hometown boy up there, right? As Mike said beforehand, he's actually an Ohio State quarterback, not an LSU quarterback. Yeah, I know, right? Correct. That that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. So really, really right here, it's either Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, and they can only grab one of them. I don't think they have enough to trade back in to the first round to necessarily get what they want. So they're going to have to be creative. I, I also think they're going to go running back. I, I love Joe Mixon. But I, I think, Mike, I think they have – they can find depth while Penny Sewell is really good. I think they need to give him another target. I like Tyler Boyd. right? Ray, you and I have talked about Tyler Boyd before. I'd love to have him in New England. Uh, T. Higgins is, to me, I think he's ridiculous. And, and then, But I think they got to go with the wide receiver. And I think you're going to see him get chased because I think Joe Burrow, for a lot of reasons, I think Joe Burrow has some kind of input in in this conversation. Ray, what's their biggest need and what do they do? I mean, you already said it. Like we already talked about. It. Like Penesol is is definitely the guy. Like you you have you have to protect the guy. And I I understand the need or the, the desire to go get someone like Jamar Chase or 
you know, or even hell, if Atlanta doesn't pick Pitts, maybe pitches at five. Who knows? But to me, I just think that you have you have to go with protecting the quarterback. Like that, that is the if you want him upright for the next, you know, 10 years, that's the guy you build around and you get Panation uh so you know, wide receiver wide receivers are, are deep in this draft. Like you could find uh-huh. someone in the second round yeah. that could come around and help them out. So like I said, we'll talk about that when we get to guys that we think are gonna be steals in the later rounds. But yeah, like you, you gotta go with the guy that's gonna protect him. So well, Jamar Chase also isn't the best wide receiver in the first round, right? Like, uh, he's up there, but I don't think he's the best. If this, w- if there was no 2020 college football season, the argument could be made that he was, because he, he was out, right? He sat out. He opted out, yeah. Yeah, so he was the best receiver in 2019, and it wasn't close. So I, I also think, real quick, throwing it in here, if they go with Jamar Chase, it's almost like getting band back together. Yeah, yeah, uh, because, it is. Uh, well, no, because not only Joe Burrow and, Th- and um, uh, Jamar Chase, but Thaddeus Moss is the number four tight end on that uh, yeah. depth chart. Oh, nice! I like that. I, I thought that would I thought that would get Ray to perk up, but he's doing <laughs> doing his research. Joe's trying to give Ray a little. Joe's trying to give Ray a little Thaddeus in his shorts. Now, Bobby, what yeah. do you think <laughs> is going to happen here? Is 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 it an offensive is it an offensive lineman, or do they do? I think. Yeah, I don't think they can lose. They they don't lose either way. You know what I mean? Both positions are deep. So I've read a couple places that the Bengals have that the GM actually came out and said the Bengals have starting grades on a few offensive linemen. So I I think it's going to end up being chased just so they can get that band back together. I think that makes the most sense. But at the same time, you, you, you wouldn't blame them for picking Sewell here with the image of Joe Burrow rolling around in pain to end that season. You know what I mean? So like you really can't lose in this situation with these two guys on the board, but I think it will end up being Chase in my opinion. I think Chase is the guy here because just first day at practice, man, you're rolling. You know what I mean? Burrow to Chase, it's on. So So, assuming that the Cincinnati Bengals pick Jamar Chase – here comes another one of those things that's really going to piss Bobby off or excite him. Either way, let's get to it. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins have traded with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dolphins get the 10th overall pick, the 130th overall pick, and Amari Cooper. Hmm. Dallas gets 6 and 81. They use the sixth overall pick to draft if he's available, either Pitts or Devonta Smith. Do you do it? I mean, listen, <laughs> CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Smith would be a hell of a wide receiver core, man. Wow. You, you got to take the bigger guy, though. Well, well, hold on. Just you take Waddle? You go Waddle over Waddle, Smith? Yeah. Okay, Waddle, Smith, or Chase. Now, I will – or Pitts, sorry. I will say – what Miami will then have as a starting lineup or a starting roster would be Tua at quarterback, Cooper, uh, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Gasecki would be their receiving corp. That's not a bad thing either. There's really no losers in this predicament. Yeah, I just don't – I don't see the Cowboys do it unless Pitts is there. If Pitts is there, that's Jerry a Jones. very good po- – if Pitts gets the six, I could see it. I don't know if Pitts is going to get the six though. So yeah, I, I just think the defensive – they're. Jerry already came out and said he's not going to give up too much to move up. So, which I know it's Jerry, but (laughs) I just don't see it with Sertan being the guy that Dallas is in love with at 10. 
it's really going to take something special for them to to trade up the opportunity to add to that defense. So and this is the only guy I could see them doing it for. That's what really throws a wrench in all of this is, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to piss in Bobby Cheerios a little bit, but I think he kind of came back down to earth here. Miami is not going to move out of the sixth spot. And the reason I say that is because them, San Francisco and Philadelphia had those two big blockbuster trades that on within minutes of each other, basically. I mean, by the time we had said something on social media, Craig was like, well, that's old news now. And, and Miami had traded back into the sixth spot. They moved down three spots overall and got a haul of picks. And this was the tease that I had before is that the Miami Dolphins really, I, I don't want to say they fleeced because I don't think they fleeced anybody, but well, maybe Philadelphia, but they have six, 18, 36, 50, and 81 <laughs> in the top 10, in the top 100 picks. Like, I don't see, like, I really like the front office that they've put together down there in Miami. I really like Brian Flores. I th- I've said this from day one. I think Brian Flores is going to be a successful NFL head coach. To have the picks that they do, I don't see them moving, but I agree with you, Bobby that the Cowboys, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, Mike, I know that the Cowboys are in love with Patrick Sertain, the second, but I think that's going to take another move to get there and we'll get there in a couple picks. I think that's going to take something else in order for that to actually come to fruition. But if I'm Miami, I go wide receiver. And, and why not grab a, a rookie? And for the record, oddly enough, Devontae Smith is actually the tallest receiver out of the three top receivers in the NFL draft. He, uh, he's six feet 170, and I think if you throw him in the gym and he gets up to 185, I mean, that's a guy that can go over the middle and take the top off. This, is, this might be that surprise pick of Devontae Smith. With Waddle or Smith, right? I mean, if, if the Dolphins choose that, they have someone, Tua, who's thrown to both. I think there's some familiarity there. So that's a good pick. What I will say, because Ray has been a little bit silent on this, and he's Hollywood Wale. He, he did spend some time down in the Sunshine State. To Joe's point, Miami doesn't trade out of the sixth pick. But if they come away with Amari Cooper, that's a win, right? If, if you don't believe that's a scenario, who do you think that they choose? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. There? I don't think you can miss. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ray, but I don't think they can miss with any of those three wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't think Waddle's not going to hop. So let's put Agreed. that up. Waddle's going to drop. So I don't see – like, honestly, I mean, we haven't talked about the Patriots yet, but that's something where they could get Waddle and then maybe this guy kill him on in another round. But we'll get to there. But, yeah, I, I think Chase will be there at six. Like, I, I don't think he's – I don't think he's someone that's going to go before then. So to me, I think that that would be a great pick for them, you know, to put there with Devontae Parker. I mean, if you want to trade with Dallas to get Amari Cooper, who's, you know, a, a hell of a route runner, why not? Why not do that? But I just think that if I said, if Chase is there, you take him. Hell, if Pitts falls there, you take him. And, and you put Pitt, Pitts and Gusecki there. Whoa, whoa, look, look out, look out. You want to talk about, you want to talk about Patriot itself? That, that, that would be Patriot itself. Two tight end system. Yeah, oh my god. If, if Pitts is available, Jerry's in play. Yeah. He loves Pitts. He does love yeah, but okay. with him. it it take it take we take we say all the time it takes two to tango. That so what Jerry could be a player the fuck he wants. They they're not they're not it doesn't matter what happens, they're not traded, they're not they I think, I think the point is he'll be on the phone, right? Like if yeah, Jerry will be on the phone. Everything. Cool. Hey buddy, 
This is it's your boy. It's your, it's your guy Jerry Jones. Just want to call right. me to see if I can get that six pick. Who who cares? I'm not trading him. To, I'm not trading him with, with Jerry Jones. Kick kick rocks. Sit sit down the billion dollar playpen. Hey. I'm gonna bring somebody up there with me at number six. You ever seen the movie Draft Day? I did. I, I, I did. I know Kevin Costner's in there, but I didn't see it. No. Yeah. Well, Kevin Costner absolutely fleeces the Seattle Seahawks. Takes them to to the laundry to the cleaners. Mat, yeah. To the cleaners. To the dry. I don't care what cleaners. Well, he took them to all of them. <laughs> and I know it's a movie and I know it's Hollywood, but if you're the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys come to you and Kyle Pitts is sitting there, if Kyle Pitts is sitting there at that pick and, and the, as the Miami Dolphins, if you're not trying to get every single thing you can get out of Jerry Jones, then they're doing something wrong because go ahead, Mike, because I think you should get season tickets. Out of it if, too. if he gives you, a, if he gives you the 10, uh, a fourth round pick and Amari Cooper. And now you have Cooper Fuller and, and Parker, I, I think. And, and then you can still potentially draft Waddle at 10. That is the most potent of offenses that, that you could have in the AFC East. I think you can get, still get chase at 10. Yeah. I, I, I go with the big guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand the due diligence and I understand fleecing the other team and getting the best deal possible. I get that. 6'6", 245, the man runs a 4'4". I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm taking that guy every time. That that's yeah, not that's not someone. You, 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 no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about oh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to take that guy that's there. You have to. Like you can't just say, "Well, let me see." Like, and I know the league is moving to shift your guys like Tyreek Hill. Everyone's not going to be Tyreek Hill. Everyone's not going to be a Jerry Judy yeah. that came in last year. Everyone's not going to be that guy. You want them to be like that, or or even Henry Ruggs, who I absolutely love. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be a problem. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, he, he's oh that that oh who he put a couple of them cheese in the spin cycle last year. I was like, oh my god! I I, I love it. But yeah, Pence like he's he's a unicorn. You have to take that guy if he's there at sex. Like, yes, you have to. That's entertain, the thing. He's got to be there yeah, entertain so, the call, but he, he, my thing is you have to take that guy. You have to. I'm yeah. sorry. Take him. He's there. Just real quick. This is where it gets really, really uh, weird because you have the, the Sewell pick. You have the Jamar Chase pick. You have Kyle Pitts, like, right in here. Yeah, where San Francisco controls the draft and controls yep. the first round. The, the, these three guys, like, notice we've said all three names. Like, these guys could go anywhere because all three of these teams could use all three of these players. Yeah, I was going to say, so with all these wide receivers, do you guys see any of these guys being shades of C.D. Lamb last year falling? I, I, I think one of them does, right? One of these guys is going to fall into that mid-teen area because once we get past 7, 8, 9, everyone needs offensive line, people need defense, edge rushers, until you pretty much get to the Patriots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, until you get there, pretty much everyone's going to end up going defense. So I think one of these guys ends up falling, honestly. So uh, another interesting pick is number seven, and, and currently Detroit holds that pick. Here's what I believe it could happen. This is the best case scenario for me as a Patriot fan. If Mac Jones is selected by the San Francisco 49ers, I believe that you see the Patriots move up with Detroit and, and just and take Justin Fields. This is the time. They don't want to lose him. If they are going to move up, it's going to happen at either seven or eight. And I think that Detroit is a more likely suitor than than Carolina. Detroit already has their quarterback, right? They just traded with they just traded Stafford for Goff. They believe in Goff. Maybe they want they want to move they want to build around him. 
it makes a lot of sense for me. That was for you, Ray. But for <laughs> for me, baby. <laughs> yeah, for for you, Bobby. Number seven. Again, a lot. Again, this all hinges on number three, which is, I think, in in recent memory, there's never been a team that controls the draft quite like San Francisco does at three. At seven, does Detroit make the pick or do they trade out? If so, who? I've seen a lot of trades with Detroit here. The next two picks are, are definitely, in my opinion, going to be get traded. I think it's more like Detroit does. I agree with you there, Mike, because I think Carolina has more holes to fill, and I don't think either is going to be drafting a quarterback. So I do think that these are two picks that definitely could get traded, and I think the Patriots are a really good spot. Listen, I love Justin Fields coming in and learning from Cam Newton. I think that is such a, a perfect match because, listen, we all know Cam Newton's a little over the hill, but if you were to pick out the perfect prototype for what you picture Justin Fields to be, it's prime Cam Newton. Like, that's what you envision his career being. You know what I mean? So for him to come in and learn behind him, that's the guy. And this is around the area where if you're going to see the Pats make that move, this is where it is. And and, and personally, like you guys know, I've hated on all the quarterbacks you guys bring up. This is the guy I really think that that they need to go get because he. I said this in the chat the other day. He's a linebacker who's a mobile quarterback. Like that's exactly who these two guys are. Yep. So Justin Fields to me is the guy for the Patriots, and these are the spots that you're going to see him. Get. Also, at the very least, having like getting Justin Fields will either make Cam better or it will make your team better because you have him. Go ahead, yeah. Joe. The Lions pick a wide receiver here. I think they go wide receiver top ten. They've done it. <laughs> Uh, for a, they, they've done Rogers, it so often. Roy Williams. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. I mean, they, the, but so here's where I'm going to pull the same thing that Ray said about Robert Sala in, in New York. He's got his guy now, and he's not going to – I know the Jets don't have their guy now, but he's – Dan Campbell's not going to sit back with Jared Goff and trade back and go for something. I'm sorry, but their wide receiving core, their top three are Tyrell Williams, Prashad Perriman, and Quintus Cephas, and then they have Geronimo Allison. They need a receiver, and they need a number one, and they don't have a lot to trade away, and I don't see them moving out of this spot for that reason, although CBS Sports does have them trading to the Patriots, and the Patriots picking Trey Lance, which I'm with Ray. I think Trey Lance is a better fit for the Patriots offense and to learn under Cam Newton because I think Trey Lance is a smarter quarterback than Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a great athlete, and I think Justin Fields is a a younger version of Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton might be getting paid a little bit more to be the backup in New England, and I'm starting to believe that the more I talk to myself about it, and there's a reason why I agree with you that seven or eight is going to move. And I believe that it's going to be eight and it's going to go to New England, which I kind of gave you guys a sneak peek of that. My thought on that earlier. I don't see how the Lions can't select a wide receiver here. I really don't. And if they trade out, I think they've screwed it up. Before I go over to you, right? I think the argument could be made that in L.A., you didn't know Robert Woods or Cooper Cup before Jared Goff was there. So he can make an offense work with lesser 
known talent, right? I mean, those are pretty good receivers, though. These guys aren't up to that. Like, Brashad Perriman is a Baltimore reject. Who were they before Jared Goff? Well, Cooper Cup was drafted around the same time Jared Goff was. Robert Woods had a career before that, and he was pretty good in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And and he came over there, and he was expected to be the guy that he was there. But, I mean, I I can understand what you're saying about Cooper Cup. Like, I don't think Cooper Cup becomes Cooper Cup without Jared Goff, but they were also drafted right around the same time. Ray, uh, did the Lions pick at number seven or like what happens here so I, I i think they do stay and i'm actually gonna go actually complete opposite so we know last year they drafted jeff okuda at number three overall out of nebraska i i think they actually go with certain here at number seven i think they Whoa. shock everybody and go with certain here i think to, to, to get two <laughs> to get two corners in the game that are able to lock down in the passing league to me is more important than you getting a passing target in my opinion so to get that guy at seven he's there you pair him up with akuda now you have your ironically you have your certain in madison for the next 10 years so i think that's part of the reason why they have them trading out there because then they that spot where you were talking, Mike, where they have the Lions trading out of the seven and going back to 15, they actually then have the Lions taking Devontae Smith at 15. So, and and of course, I'm just seeing this now. So I, I get it. I mean, I understand it. It doesn't, it's not outlandish. I'm having Bob Kelly pipe dreams with number eight, and I would like to discuss that in full. Yeah. But I could see them taking Sertan there and trying to shore up their defense. But I think that's a team that needs a lot in the Lions. Lot. Right. And, and they, I they, feel they, like if they're going to go back. corner, they're going to move back to go corner. That's the right. thing is like the only way they stay here is, is Joe. I think you're on the right track is if they want that stud wide receiver and they don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? That's what they pick here. If they're going to go corner, I think they go back and get like a JC Horn who actually might be out of the first round now or a corner like that. Listen, I'm just trying to put scenarios out there that they don't pick Sertan because if Sertan <laughs> goes off the board here, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> See, but it's not going to be there. It, the Lions top three needs are wide receiver, defensive back and, and tackle. And I think Jared Goff has an okay offensive line in front of him. I think a tackle is a weak spot for the Lions, but yeah, I think they do. They go the Matt Millen route here and select a wide receiver at number seven. So number eight is very much like number seven, the Carolina Panthers. They already have their quarterback. Some could say that, you know, if they can't move Bridgewater, then they have two quarterbacks, right? But I I think they're going to move one of them. here. So it's interesting, right? It's either they're going to trade out with a team like New England, or they're going to go ahead and try and protect their current investment and draft someone like Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. I think they're going to play it safe and draft the tackle. Bobby, what is Carolina's biggest need? And again, like, what do you think that they do? So funny enough, I actually heard a few reports, which I think this would be so blasphemous and stupid that they're thinking about, I don't know if it was just maybe to get some trade offers in there, but they've been putting out Josh Fields feelers, which I think would be crazy because they just brought in Darnold and that would be like the worst luck ever for Sam Darnold. If they traded for him, (laughs) then they go ahead and draft (laughs) Fields. Like, bro, just bad luck all around. First the Jets, now this. But no, I think the the smart thing for them to do is to trade it. And I do think that the only reason they're thinking about picking him is to get better trade offers. They have a lot of holes to fill. If they do stay, I think they end up picking Slater. I'm with you on that. If they do stay, it's Slater. I think they move it, though, and I think it's the Pats. It's one of these two picks here that that the Pats come in and, and get that done. Because, listen, Cam Newton's not, he's not the future. It, it, it's just, if you have a chance both these quarterbacks are here at seven and eight, 
it'd be crazy for them not to come back and get it. They have the capital. They have the talent. They have the way to get it. Go get your guy. Go get him. Uh, Before I kick it to Ray, just a disclaimer for all those that are listening at home. This was recorded on a Tuesday evening before the draft. They very the Patriots very well could just pick at 15. They actually picked a defensive player just to spite us. But Ray, at eight, what does Carolina do? Do they stick it or do they pick it? That makes so sense. yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it does. I got you. I, I'm just I'm the boring guy. I think they stay. I think they make the pick right. And I'm actually going to go defense again, back to back picks. You know, so they lost Luke Kickley a couple years ago, and last year they had the chance to really find his replacement in Isaiah Simmons, and they drafted Derrick Brown instead out of Auburn. So that being said, I think now they go draft Michael Parsons out of Penn State at number eight. And I think, you know, even though that's a guy I think that could have could have fallen to New England at 15, I think Michael Marsons is the guy that just has that raw talent and it fills in what Thomas Davis did. It fills in what Luke Keekley did. So it goes from Davis to Keekley. Now you go to Parsons. You have your guy in the middle with Parsons. You have your guy on the in the middle of the line of Derrick Brown, and you build up the middle. So I, I think they go with Michael Parsons at number eight. Great pick. Joe, what do you think? I think there's going to be a lot of movement at number eight. There's yeah. been multiple. There's been multiple reports on Tuesday, the 27th, that the Patriots are trying to jockey their way into the eighth position. And I know these mock drafts are a lot of, you know, bull honky. They're fun, and they're a bunch of crap. And and that's fine because we don't have this show without a bunch of crap, right? Right. So I'll take it. And I think what happens here is. Ray, I think you're spot on, but Bobby, you're going to need this trade too. Because if the Patriots trade into number eight, I think they pick Micah Parsons, the linebacker, at number eight. And here's why they need a quarterback, a linebacker, and a wide receiver. Okay. So they're going to trade up to eight. I don't think they need to, I don't think they need to lock into number eight to get a receiver because I think you're, I think you're right, Ray. I think that Waddle, will fall lower than this. There's also been reports that the Patriots will then try and trade back into the first round around 25 or 19. So what I here's here's my convoluted idea. Based on the reports as of today, April 27th, when we're recording this, I almost said filming, but we are doing that as well. The Patriots will trade with the Carolina Panthers into the eight spot. They will trade them 15 and a third rounder, whether that's in Probably 2022, because I I think the Panthers want the draft capital, but I think they can get what they want at 15, which may not be Parsons. But with this trade, as as an aside, Bobby, if the Patriots make this trade, uh, Sertain falls to 10, because I don't think the Broncos are going to take Sertain at nine. But I, I think the Patriots know that the Broncos are looking at Micah Parsons at nine, and they want to out outdo your favorite quarterback of all time here on MTP, John Elway, who's actually technically not the GM there anymore. And with the number eight pick, they will take my Michael Parsons, but that's, that's not where this trade ends. Oh no, that's not where this trade ends. They will also trade as a part of this, the number 46 pick to San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo and Carolina will send Teddy Bridgewater and a third fourth to to San Francisco in uh, exchange for the 43rd overall pick. 
I mean, if, if that happens, I mean, I'd come out to to where you are and hug you myself. <laughs> that, 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 that would be that that would be awesome, honestly. Because what's amazing is, is that makes sense in my head. And then I'm like, wait a minute, but that sounds like just like what Mike's been reading us this whole time. This article from the Four Letter Network. Right. But I mean, but as we know, too, like, you know, Darth Vader, a.k.a., you know, Bill Belichick, you know, he, he zigs when we zag, you know, or zags when we zigs. Right. So we could think that he's going to pick a certain guy and, you know, hell, he, he might frame Craig's address and say, Craig, I need you to come in for OTAs. Yep. And next thing you know, dun 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 like break, breaking news. Craig D'Alessandro has been signed by the New England Patriots. You know, as as a nose guard, you know, Crazy, he looked up, he, 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 looked, he, he, he looked he looked up the visible fork and now he's on the team. <laughs> I can't think of anything more Bill Belichick and New England Patriots than the sign, Craig. Then get no, no. <laughs> yeah, but then it. getting then oh, getting God. the breaking news: Patriots trade up to eight. The entire draft board is like, oh, this is going to be Trey Lance. This is going to be Justin Fields. This is going to be this be, guy. Be and Cal, then they Cal walk Duggar. out of the stage and it's Cal Micah Duggar. Parsons. Or Cal Micah Parsons is the right way to go because then it yeah. forces it, – it's going to force Denver. It's going to force Denver at nine to go quarterback because they need – because I don't think they, they – I don't think they're in love with Drew Locke. I really don't. And I think that's at number nine where it's going to get screwy. But you're right, Bobby. That's where after 20 – after 21 years of making us watch, well, we, it wasn't always on Thursday nights, but making us watch Thursday night first rounders, and then it hits 11 o'clock, the Patriots have traded away their first round pick, and it's time to go to bed. I, I don't think it's going to happen here. Mike, I think you're right. I think it could be very boring, and they could wait until 15 and take somebody. But I think, I think there is bigger things at play here, and I think that this is the draft. If there was ever a draft for them to do something, right. this was it. Yep. And and they may they may move up instead and take a quarterback. I mean, they very well could do that. And the San Francisco 49ers are completely out of this. But I could see something very convoluted happening because there's again been multiple reports the Patriots could trade up to number eight. And there's been a lot of talk of San Francisco wanting to move on from Jimmy. And they're gonna want a veteran quarterback in there to to look after Mac Jones. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a, I love Teddy Bridgewater. Same. I have always loved Teddy Bridgewater. I think he is a great football mind whose body uh, was unfortunately beat up in Minnesota. But I, this is why I love this stuff because this is the fun part. Yeah, I, I, I think that we all talked about it, right? Seven and eight is it, it is the place of movement in, in, in this draft. I get, especially if you're a Patriot fan, like that's what you need to look out for. I would be so irritated if they moved up to eight and did not pick a quarterback, but I can, I, I can't, I, I, not if it goes the way I did Yeah. But roadmapped it, honestly, uh, and I want to move on to number nine and number 10. I would much rather Justin Fields or Trey Lance under cam than Garoppolo. Like I, I, I want to build for the next 10 years, not the next four injury prone years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, but because you said that, and because you forced me to say that would irritate me, it's probably what's going to happen. And under operating under that 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 mindset, number nine, Broncos have to pick Trey Lance if he's there, right? Because it, it just it doesn't feel like that they're in love with Drew Locke, you know, the old Missouri Tiger. I I think he's serviceable. I don't based on just based on the indicators that we're all seeing from all the rumors out there. It feels like Elway and company are looking for the next guy, which leads us to believe that Drew Locke is not that, right? So if 
you have a Trey Lance available uh, at nine. Bobby, do the Broncos take him? Yeah, I think this is going to shake out in the the best way for the Broncos. They're they're going to get to a point where they're going to be able to draft the guy they want, and that's a quarterback. We've seen Elway. This man has been trying to get a franchise quarterback into this team since Manning left, and he has failed miserably every single time. I don't think he can lose here with Fields or Lance. I like both of them. It has to be quarterback here. It has to be, unless Parsons fall, because Miller and Parsons as a linebacking core would just be absolutely deadly. With uh, Chubb also coming off the edge, that would be a deadly defense. So I could see them going that route. If one of those two quarterbacks is there, Listen, you have Drew Locke. He's not winning you a Super Bowl anytime soon. So if one of these two guys is there, you have to take him. You have to. Remember when the Denver Broncos had their entire quarterback room go down on the COVID list last year? Yep. Uh, which was just hilarious because even their their practice squad quarterback. And they tried to get the coach to play, remember? Yeah, and their practice squad quarterback was, I believe it was Blaine Gabbert, uh, was also in the room because they had so little experience. They needed him in the room. Is that who it was? I think it was. No, Blake well, Everton's had bit. It was well, um, no, it nobody was, would um, know. It was it, another uh, Jacksonville quarterback, former yeah, Jacksonville quarterback. I forget who it was. But well, regardless, Blake we'll Portals, be. right? Was it Portals? Oh, Blake Portals. Yeah, that's right. Portals. I love yeah. Blake Portals. Yeah. yeah. So, with the number ten overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, if all goes according to plan, the Dallas Cowboys select cornerback out of Alabama, Patrick Sertain, the second. Bobby, if this if he is available and they do not pick him, what will you do? I will never watch football again. No, this <laughs> is the pick. This is the pick. And 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 I've actually already seen a meeting like with Sertan and the Cowboys where they interviewed him. We're like, well, we look forward to working with you soon. So this is the guy they want. This is the guy they've always wanted. I'm looking at the Cowboys' needs right now. And do you know what it says? defense literally every position on defense <laughs> that is their need yeah. so they they just need to retool this defense and so tan's the guy to do it listen you're bringing him in and pairing him up with someone that he's already worked with and digs at alabama it, it, it's a cornerback tandem that was one of the best in college football yep. all right Sertan has length he fits dan quinn's system perfectly and you already built up your safety with you brought in keanu neal and a couple other guys so we got guys in the back end now so this is definitely the place i think they go especially with jc horn his back troubles really making him seem like it's a big gamble in that first round so sertan's the guy here if he's on the board if he's not i'll be very sad but he's the guy he's the guy for sure well see i'm I'm the opposite i, I think horn's the guy that goes here because i say i had sertan going at seven um i think jc horn's a dog like i've seen some of the interviews Listen, if like, sertan's gone i will settle for horn i'm very okay with jc horn six six one two ten you know, I mean, you know, what are we talking about here? Like, the, and, and he's someone that has that swagger that would fit that franchise. So, to me, if you, like I said, you, you know, you added Neil, you have some of the pieces there that are good defensively, why not go corner there? Like, especially when you're going against Galladay now, you're going up against some other guys in that division that are new to that division and are big-time receivers. So, yeah, to me, like I say, I mean, granted, you want to pick Sertain that's there, if he's there at 10, sure. But I, I think J.C. Horn is the guy that can go at 10 there and – you know, could fit very well in that system because I mean, he's had big corners before. You know, he did it. He did it in Seattle with um, Richard Sherman and, and, and Chancellor and them boys. So yeah, it, either way, I've, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. They both played in the SEC, so you know that they are they're ready. And hell, Horn played against those guys. He played against 
CD Lamb. He played against I see well, CD Lamb was in Oklahoma, sorry. But he played against Judy, he played against Ruggs, he played against all those guys at Alabama. So he knows how to handle big big time receivers. So for that fact alone, I think I'd give him the edge, in my opinion, at, at that spot, anyways. Joe, 10 Cowboys. It's one of it's one of those two defensive backs if they're on the board. I think they also need to work on keeping Dak upright, especially coming off that gruesome injury. Rashawn Slater could still be there at <laughs> if they pick a lineman, Bobby is gonna is gonna fuck. I, but but hear Slater, me out, Bobby. Slater would be Bobby. the only one. Listen, I'd be okay with Slater because he can move too. He can go guard. He can go. He, he can move around that offensive line. So was I would be very disappointed, like I was every single time we drafted an offensive line those seven <laughs> straight years. But yeah, but that that also extended Rumble's well, career. Hang on, this, this isn't. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> This isn't the Cowboy Hour, but Bobby, one of the best signings that right. the Cowboys have made this offseason was Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is a great defensive mind. And sure I think is. that and and one thing he did well in Atlanta was draft good defensive backs. So I don't I, I think it's gonna be a defensive back, but they have to protect their investment. And their yep. investment wears number four, and he stands in the offensive backfield. They have to protect him because they saw what it was like without him. Okay. And that team is very good. And we like to rib you a lot about being a Cowboys fan, but that offense is very good. But they also have to protect him because they also had all those fumbles last year. And a lot of those were on four and 21. Not It wasn't necessarily on the offensive line. But, Bobby, I can remember you yelling at the TV and at us, just as much about that offensive line. So I think if it's one of those three guys, the Cowboys are in good shape. So in the interest of time, because this could be a six-hour podcast, what we're going to do is now we're going to go with who we think the uh, top – so from 11 through 32, what teams are going to be the winners and who they'll pick. We have to do it pretty expeditiously, and then we can talk about like late-round picks. right? So I think – I'll start it off. I think at 11, the Giants are going to take Devonta Smith. And I think when you pair him with Kenny Galladay and you have Saquon Barkley in the backfield, Daniel Jones is now in a really good situation. That's a pretty potent offense. So I think the next, the biggest pick from 11 through 32 will be from the New York Giants. Bobby, how do you feel about that? Who's your pick going to be? So, by the way, correction, Caleb Fairley is the one that's fallen out of the first round, not J.C. Horn. By the way, I like that. I, I do like Devontae Smith with Kenny Galladay. Right now, the Giants are just in that situation. We're just going to keep throwing pieces at a mistake they made until they realize it was a mistake in Daniel Jones. So I, I think that is the way that they go wide receiver. I think my biggest winner is going to be later. You guys know I've been talking about this guy for a long time, and that's Travis Etienne. And I think he ends up going to either Baltimore or uh, a little bit later in Green Bay. I love Travis Etienne. I think he's going to be the steal of the first round. This guy is electric. He's been electric since I went to a uh, Clemson game two, three years ago, and he was a freshman and a sophomore. And I was just like, dude, this guy is good. He also could go to the Steelers. I heard the Steelers like him or Najee Harris. So look, Harris, for those, yeah. look for those guys later in the first round. I think they're both going to be dogs and great running backs in the NFL. Ray. So I, I got two. So the guy, I think Joe brought him up uh, a few seconds ago, but that lineman out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater, I think he actually falls all the way down to 16, and he'll fall to Arizona. 
And you have your guy to protect Kyler Murray. Obviously, they have great weapons there in Arizona now. I think you have to find a guy that continue to, that continue to keep Kyler Murray upright. So I think that's someone that can win. And then I actually think that the Steelers, which I hope they don't draft them, but I mean, I just feel like they they probably will because he, he fits their style. And you just said his name. Uh, I think Najee Harris goes to Pittsburgh at 24. And I think that's the running back they've been missing, you know, when you think about Steelers, you think about running, whether it's Jerome Bettis, Franco Harris, you know, Amos Airway back in the day, you know, Willie Parker. No. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amos so, Arrow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once again, welcome to the Casual Name Drop, drop Casual Name Drop podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm your co-host. But, no, yeah, I think that's what happens there. And, you know, the, the, I think those are two guys, you know, that go so team and they really start to do something. Rashad Bateman as well. That's someone I want to bring up too. Rashad yep. Bateman is someone I hope he's in the second round because I would love to have him, but I I, I just doubt that he'll fall to us. And Zayman Collins, I think Jones would be a fan of Zayman Collins if he fell to New England, but he's probably not going to be in New England. I can see him going to Baltimore probably to, to replace him with like a Matt Judon who we just signed in New England. So Zayman Collins out of Tulsa. You know, Patriots fans just listen to this. Think about William McGinnis. He, he could play. So He's don't, a Bill Belichick-style linebacker. Right, exactly. So, I mean, on, wait, honestly, we talked about if they say they trade the eight and we think they're going to go Parsons, they may mess around and get Xavier Collins. Number eight. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it'd be like, well, you know, well, you know, he's 6'4", you know, 2'7", he had all the measurables. Uh, number one on the big board. Number one on the big board. That's my player. <laughs> Love it. Yep. That's the Bill Belichick minute. Love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, Joe, your best pick from 11 through 32, who's going to be in what team? I, I like Najee Harris to Pittsburgh, but that's that's not my favorite. I'm, I am a big fan of Zayman Collins, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Quiddy Paye from Michigan. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's going to come to New England. They the, uh, CBS has him going to the Raiders. I actually like that pick for the Raiders. But the pick that I really like as I'm scrolling down here is the Cleveland Browns at 26 overall, and that's Asante Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I love this pick because that Cleveland Browns team, if they can keep all the heads on offense level, because we saw once OBJ went down last year, they were a much better team, in my opinion. And I think it was kind of obvious. But I think if they bring in somebody like Asante Samuel Jr., they will have solidified their defense. And I think they'll have a very good season. I think Cleveland is going to surprise people. What I'm really interested to see is what Tampa does at 32. That's what I'm really interested to see because if they're smart, and this is going to sound like New England Patriots from 2017, if they're smart, they pick a quarterback that's sitting there, and that could be Kyle Trask going to Tampa Bay. And if they pick Kyle Trask and Tom Brady's there for two, three years, are you kidding me? Kyle Trask, who is probably pretty raw, gets to learn from Tom Brady. and Perfect. then Right, Perfect. and you, right. you know, Bruce Arians Perfect. there for a little bit longer. But Perfect. then you still have Byron Leftwich as your OC. Stop it. I, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a Tampa Bay guy. We all know that. I, I still don't think they're going to win the 2020 Super Bowl, But <laughs> even though they already did. But I would love to see what they do at 32. Honestly, this is the most excited I've been for a draft outside of what the New England Patriots are going to do. I think, so partly, I think partly because of missing the point, having guys like Dave and Bobby on here who are Bears and Cowboys fans, respectively. But just a fan of the game. I love the game. And, you know, what's interesting, and I'm going to throw this out there because this three-letter network has Justin Fields going to the Chicago Bears at 14. I think that's a smart pick. I think that would be a great pick for Matt Nagy. And I think that Andy Dalton would be a great backup for him. Yeah, that could yeah. save the franchise. Yeah. Can, I, can I throw one more name? Well, well, hold on. Is it in the first round or is it later? First round, yeah. 
So Green Bay, I just want to throw out one more. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Everyone's been trying to get Green Bay to pick the wide receiver, and I think this guy is a perfect fit there. He fits the Randall Cobb mold where you can line him up anywhere, and he can make plays. So look out for him, too. And I know you said the Bears just now. Rashad Bateman, Rayshon, you brought him up earlier. He would be a really good fit alongside, what's his name? Yeah, Allen Robinson in Chicago. So I I would look for Chicago to go Bateman around. Jalen Phillips is someone you should look out for, too. Edge rusher rusher out of Miami. That's another guy. Honestly, and I know they already have it in Cleveland. Jalen Phillips go to Cleveland. And, and be behind Clowney and, and be that rotational piece between Clowney and, and Garrett. And yep. <laughs> that, that'd be wild. <laughs> if that happens, good Lord. It's going to be crazy. This is going to be a speed round. And again, for content purposes, okay, so for rounds two and above, you got to pick one player with one team that you think would be the most impactful between rounds two and the final round. I'll go first. I think that with the in the third round, with the 68th overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons will select Kyle Trask and pair him with Kyle Pitts. I think that is the best case scenario for that team, that franchise moving forward. Joe, your most impactful player, and, and where do they go? I'm going to stick with the hometown team, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the Anthony Treesh interview and, and the, the research we did on that and the conversation we had with him. The cornerbacks are very deep in this draft. Just about every position is deep, but the defensive yeah. backs, the corner position is very deep. I mean, you have Sertan, Horn, Newsom, Farley, Campbell, Stokes, who all could be first and second round picks. But a little bit below that, you have Elijah Molden out of Washington. And I think he would be a great fit in New England to be there with Gilmore if he's still here. I don't know. Who knows what the hell is going to happen between now and Sunday? You know, we could all be dead. Thanks, Kyle Shanahan. But I like Elijah Molden to the New England Patriots in the third or fourth round. I think he would be a great addition to the secondary. And I think that is a quintessential pick for Bill Belichick. Bobby. I like the word, Joe. Quintessential? Yeah. Good Good word. Yeah, Yeah. pulled out the dictionary Um, for that one. so, So I know you said one but i have two i'm sorry uh so tommy tremble notre dame tight end this guy was never utilized in a way that made him excel as a pass catcher but the blocking and and things that he shows out of the fullback position and out of the tight end position is unlike any other tight end that i've seen in a long time he has athletic skills and you can teach fundamentals where? I do. I, I need and Cowboys. Sorry, okay. Cowboys definitely because they need a tight end and they need like Joe, like you said, they need to keep Dak upright. And this is a guy who can be a playmaker and keep Dak upright and help Zeke get extra yards. A guy for the Patriots I want you guys to look out for is Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy <laughs> is in the mold of Edelman, Welker. He is a Absolutely. guy that is going to slip into that third to fourth round, and he is yep. Patriots written all, all over. Yes, all he is. Over it. Yes, he is. Agreed. Um, so, Agreed. so that's a guy I want all Patriots fans to look out for. Is Were you looking at my notes? I, I see him. I'm not, no, but I've watched a lot of Kate Johnson the past couple of weeks because I watched one game tape of him and I fell in love, man. I love this guy. He makes plays. He runs routes. He does. He's a dog. And that's what Bill loves. So Fourth round, fourth round projection. I like it. Yeah. All right, Ray. Class has been in session. Bell's about to ring. Take us home. Right. So I forget what school this this guy goes to, but I got to go with Patrick Jones. There's other guys I can think of, but you, you know, you, your famous quote, guns in my head, who are you picking? Uh, yeah, Pat, Patrick Jones. And it's for the Patriots. You know, we still lack guys that can rush the quarterback. Like we Pitt. haven't had that in a few. Yeah, for Pitt. There you go. Yep, yeah, for Pitt. 
And I pray to God he's there in round three. <laughs> like, if he's there, Bill, please, please, <laughs> please take him in, in round three. Like, you you need someone that has an athleticism, that's another big guy, someone that can throw people around. I mean, he didn't have a great senior bowl, but, I mean, I, I could care less about that. I saw the pitted tape. I saw grown men get abused. I'm here for it. And that's the only time I'm here for abuse. So let's make that straight. But grown man, get abused. I was here for it. I was like, cool. Bring him to death row, a.k.a. New England Patriots. Let's go. I'm here for it. Awesome. Well, you know, th- that'll do it for the the MTP NFL 21, 2021 draft preview show for Broadway Joe Malkin, the real BK Bob Kelly, Hollywood Wale, Rayshon Buchanan. I was your host, Michael Marcangelo. Thank you so much for tuning in to Missing the Point. And let's hope that as Patriots fans, Cowboys fans, and Bears fans homesick, that you do not leave this draft hating yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric.